This is the At 530 on Main podcast. I'm Sean Collins. And I'm Mike Davis. And we're here to discuss the convergence of digital and physical experiences in today's world. With Extend Group as an expert in designing online experiences and VPS Architecture, an expert on creating physical experiences, you will hear unique discussions on technology, theory, and more that merges our separate areas of expertise into one podcast experience. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy today's At 530 on Main podcast episode. Good morning, everyone. We are in the Extension Studio here at At 530 on Main. 530 on Main podcast brought to you by VPS Architecture and Extend Group. We are here today. We are joined in the Extension Studio. Mike Davis, of course. Hello, Mike. Good morning. And then we have two awesome community members, uh, longtime family friends of the Collins family. Uh, we have Amanda and Brian Bishop from Lawman Security and Lawman Tactical. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for getting us hot coffee and plastic cups. <laughs> Thank you for allowing me to redo this intro five times. Thank you for having us. It's, it's awesome. So we met at uh, East Youth Baseball 10 plus years ago. Seems like uh, just yesterday. Um, coaching. Parents, you know, the whole thing had some uh, great things in common and still today. Uh, Brian's a connector. And back uh, when I was coaching, we were we were the extend group team. And he would always ask me, what is extend group? And I would say we do marketing communications, online marketing websites. Talk about all the tactical stuff we did back in the day. And he was like, you know, I own a company, right? <laughs> You know, I own a company, right? I'm like, yeah, but, you know, I never, you know, really do the hard sell. He's like, you know, I own a company, right? <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, you know, I own a company, right? So, uh, eventually, we started working on Lawman Security, and that was probably nine-plus years ago. But if you would, please tell us a little bit about what experience has brought Brian Bishop, if you don't mind. We'll start with Brian Tell all the listeners about you. Where you know, are you local? Where you're at, you know, professionally. I know well, we've just talked about the security and tactical business, but yeah, tell us about the Brian Bishop experience. All right. Well, we're gonna start off boring people right off the bat, huh? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like Sean mentioned, uh, our family's linked up probably 12, 13 years ago at uh, East Baseball. Sean was uh, one of our our son's coach there, and we kind of initially hit it off and. Began with a friendship, and uh, it kind of progressed from there. And Sean and I have been working ever since together. Um, he's helped me build the platform for our company, uh, and he's currently helping us build our new platform for uh, our new vision. So excited about that. Uh, a little bit about me. I, uh, as a young fellow, grew up in upstate New York, uh, moved here probably right before high school uh, with my parents uh, on the east side of Evansville. So grew up through there, went through Harrison High School. Uh, started out at USI um, and then had an opportunity to get into the oil and gas business. A close friend of mine, his dad owned a pretty large company and was looking for some sales guys. So I uh, ventured back up to upstate New York for a couple years and, and did some sales, uh, leasing property to drill for oil and gas. Uh, you know, when the market was pretty hot for oil and gas then. Decided that really um, I didn't want to live out of a hotel and travel the rest of my life. So I came back to Evansville, enrolled back in USI. And a good friend of mine at the time was a deputy sheriff. I was always kind of an adrenaline junkie. Um, kind of, I guess, chased that adrenaline and that feeling. So I did a ride along one night with him on third shift. And at that moment, I was hooked. I knew that I found my calling and that uh, I wanted to be in law enforcement. So I... Uh, Applied to be a jailer. That was kind of the way to, to work yourself in. Um, fortunate enough to get hired for that. Um, and after about two years in the jail, um, I applied to be a deputy sheriff and I was fortunate enough to get hired to do that. So it's been a long, great career. It's hard to believe that uh, I started there in 2001. I don't know where that time's went. Uh, I've had an amazing career, very blessed. Uh, 
I had an opportunity to work at K-9 for about nine years. Unfortunately, he got sick and I had to put him down. So at the time, I was assigned to the U.S. Marshals Fugitive Task Force, which essentially our objective is to go after any of the violent crimes in town. Uh, anytime there's a murder, or robbery, stuff like that. That was our our daily job. So I put my first dog down. Sheriff Wedding approached me and said, hey, um, I like the way that you work your dog. I think in your position. It's kind of a mandatory thing to have another dog. I was against it because I didn't think I could replace my first dog. Uh, you know, those, those dogs are a very big part of our life. We spent a lot of time together. Um, no, well, no, I didn't. <laughs> I, ne- I will never replace it. Yeah. So after some thought, I agreed to that um, and was assigned another canine, kind of went through that whole thing. And here I am still as a canine handler on the, the Marshall's Task Force. Um, five years later with my new dog, Kane. So, like I said, every day our, our objective is to kind of go after the violent criminals in our community, try to do what we can to have an impact and make it a little safer area. Um, with that, about 12 years ago, 13 years ago or so, I started a security company called Lawman Security. As a younger deputy, uh, I was working a lot of off-duty, meaning that I would provide security after hours to the community uh, that needed police security. Long nights, many long nights, and you know, one night I was I was sitting in a car lot doing security, and I thought, why am I working for everyone else? How can I turn this into something that will benefit my family in the long run? So I went home, pitched the idea to Amanda. We started talking about how this would look and what a long road it would be. Uh, so myself and a couple of guys started Lawman Security. So that meant essentially I would work all day go work off duty to pay the bills, and then I would go work lawman security. So for about three years, we were about 18-hour days, seven days a week. But, you know, many conversations how, uh, you know, if you want something, you got to go earn it. So we went out there and had the grind going for about three years, and then you know, initially could, or eventually was able to hire guys, and here we are with about 400 guys, uh, 400 police officers that uh, we employ throughout the state all the way up into Minnesota. So very blessed on that. Um, you know, we do everything from police security, do active threat training, firearms training, uh, build security plans, security assessments for businesses. Uh, so very blessed on that end, for sure. I have a fantastic team that I consider family. And and I understand that uh, Ball Man is only what it is because of our people. Uh, we'll never forget that. So with that, fast forward a little bit. Uh, as an officer, I saw there was kind of a need for more tactical gear, um, guns, training in our community. There really wasn't an opportunity for much of that. So I opened Lawman Tactical. Uh, it's a gun and gear shop probably about six years ago. We started downtown on 4th Street uh, and then actually grew out of that and moved to Green River Road. And now we, uh, we have outgrown that and looking to move to our new location where we will have a gun tree club. Pretty exciting. A lot of moving parts in that. Just a few. Yeah. Like 10. <laughs> That's what I say to him all the time. I'm like, you realize this is 10, 10. businesses 10 under businesses. one roof. Yeah. <laughs> but fortunately, yeah. I have the right team surrounding me. That's absolutely right. Um, very fortunate to have Sean on board there to kind of help uh, keep us focused. As Sean mentioned, I'm a connector. So I come up with all these great ideas and then rely on people like Sean and Amanda to put them in play. <laughs> Back to coaching. Sean's back to my coaching. Yeah, it was funny when when people started to ask, what is this giant thing you keep posting about? Yeah. I'm like, people call me coach. Like, everybody, when I see them out in public, they're like, what's up, coach? Yeah. Because all the families that I know, and whether it's Good Shepherd or whatever else, it's always been coach. So, just naturally fitting that my next you know, journey is consultant coach. And now it goes so much deeper than that. Oh my goodness. It's really into actually understanding that I had 20 years, as Jeremy says, of broccoli in my teeth and how (laughs) wrong I was when I first started that whole, you know, extend group, that that whole extend group, you know, baseball team that, you know, when I would yell D they had to yell fence and they all had to be ready (laughs) going at the ball and all that stuff. And they're like seven. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Let them chase the butterflies. Who cares? Nobody's going pro. Absolutely. I mean, but everybody back then wanted to win, 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 no matter yeah. what. No matter who was on the team, no matter what you were facing, 
it was win at seven. Absolutely. And uh, unfortunately, I don't think that mindset has changed much. I think it's even worse. But um, I would have done it a little differently today. And I actually do it differently today uh, with where I had my girls basketball team. And now I have a girls softball team with my daughter, McKenna. So uh, that culture on those teams look a lot different than what they uh, did back in 2007, six, yeah. five, whatever. Yesterday, yeah, 2000 I feel like yesterday. The giant just truly teaches you to see individuals instead of just hey, there's a person or you're on first base, you're on second base. Mm-hmm. Like you see them as oh wow, that's a connector, that's a guardian, that's a, a nurturer, mm-hmm. and we need all of them to play as a team. I love it. <clears throat> see, listen, listen, it's great. So. The individual that just give that great uh, description there, it, her name's yeah, that is yeah. it's uh, Amanda Bishop. <laughs> Amanda, we haven't heard your story. Give us a little bit about your experience that landed you in here today. Yes, sir. Well, I was born and raised in Evansville, Indiana, and went to Harrison High School as well. Maybe different times than Brian did. Centuries. You know, centuries, decades. I don't know. <laughs> However you want to look at it. I knew from early on that I wanted to be a mom. That was like my goal, my thing in life. And so we started having children very early on. And I have been a stay-at-home mom for the last 15 years, doing absolutely what I love, raising my kids, loving them, teaching them, and just being present. I've been fortunate enough to be at home. Brian has worked very hard for us to be able to make that sacrifice. And yeah, it's been great. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, I messed up earlier. I actually told somebody that you went to Memorial. Actually, you're a... Me? Yeah. Oh. Mike is a Harrison grad as well. That's just because of family I moved married into. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, yeah, I guess once you marry in, right? Yeah. yeah. He's going to be a gonna be a tiger. Yeah. So. That's all right. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. Currently. There's so many. I mean, I think the whole whatever graduating class you guys, what you were in, pretty much they're uh, other than a few, quite a few have transferred over to the uh, Blue Blood Tiger Nation. Times but have changed. Times have changed a little bit. So, Brian talked a little bit about that journey through, you know, the 80-hour weeks, you know, working the full-time and then doing the... So, was that instilled back from... You know, is that nature for you? Is that nurture for you? Where did where did that come from? That desire. I always ask: is that a is that a product of Evansville, Indiana, or is that something that's innate? I feel like it was just wanting more, just growth, and wanting to be better and to provide for our family a future. Yeah, I would think that you know, Amanda and I didn't grow up with a whole lot. Uh, we weren't. Uh, fortunate on that side of things, but, you know, we, we had love, which was important. Um, but always had that desire. Like I, I remember as a young kid kind of looking at some of my friends saying, man, one day, you know, I'm going to live in Brookshire, you yeah. know, cause back in the day that was, you know, a lot of my friends lived on the East side and that was a, a nice neighborhood. And I thought, you know, one day, which one it day, still is. Yeah. Yeah. We live close to it. So yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but you know, I, I just kind of always had that like, desire so i think it, it put an early fire in me that hey you want something you got to go get it and i've i've never had a an issue with working i've always kind of been a hard worker my friends still tease me that uh you know my first i think in sixth grade i started a paper route and i've worked ever since um so i've always been kind of a worker and wanting more so um, i think that's just something that fortunately i was born with believe that if you want something you got to go out and get it i don't expect anybody to hand me anything so um, i think that's kind of the one of the issues with the world people have their hands out yeah. and you know kind of want things handed to them instead of wanting to grind and go get it themselves but i think you would also be willing to say too it's not easy like it wasn't easy working 18 hour days like it's still not easy it was a struggle and yeah. then me being home with like a newborn or a toddler at the time and your husband being gone 18 hours a day and just trying to like carry it all and he just kept coming home and saying, it's going to be worth it. It's going to work out. It's going to be worth it. So, And he did. He worked hard for us, and it has been worth it. Yeah, because we talk about that on here, right? It's like, you're not paying me for this one job. You're paying me for the 20 years yes. to get there. So I have that experience and that knowledge. 
And yeah, so many people to add on to your point, they also want to start a business and you're like, okay, but you got to do this, this, this. And they're like, well, I don't want to do all that. I just want the reward that comes at the end. And you're like, April Fool's Day. (laughs) (laughs) But you got 20 years to get to where they're at. You got 20, you know, you got this many, you know, lots of grinding, 80 hour week, work week sometimes. And some people just look at you like, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that. So many you're people like, think that if you open a business, you're an yeah. overnight millionaire. It this is a total opposite. Starts day one. You're <laughs> yes. like, yeah, that's the when people ask Sean, why? Why do you do? Why are you at where you're at today? Like you're the marketing guy. Well, I might have been a, a doctor that had a lot of have performed a little bit of malpractice in that. You know, people would walk in and say, "Here's my great idea." And here's my app and here's the thing, like help me build it and help me grow it. And then all of a sudden it actually happened and that dream became a nightmare. So I always talk about all the beautiful rocket ships we built that nobody knows how to fly. So now with uh, the content I'm able to deliver through a, you know, worldwide program, uh, it means much more to be able when somebody walks in the door and it's not me being like a snob. I'm not trying to tell anybody like, oh, the last thing you need is a, a CRM or the last thing you need is a better website. No, you need all those things. But the question is, while you're gone, who's running all that stuff? And, you know, everybody comes and says, you know, I wanted to build an app that has a half a million users and I want to charge, you know, ten ninety nine a month and da, 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 da. Well, that app and, you know, a half a million users require a lot of attention. And it's not just I build this piece of software and it runs on its own. You have people that are out building business-to-business relationships, B2C relationships. You have marketing teams. You have individuals who are programming that. You're doing all those things. And then, well, I just want to, I mean, I just want to see it on the app store. Like, I know we're going to make a lot of money. Well, you know, five, you know, in your, your peace index that you, some people love provision, money. But, you know, purpose has to be in there, people, place, and, yeah. and all those things. So, uh, yeah, that's um, that grind is is something that I very much uh, respect about your family. And, you know, when Brian sends me text at like five, whatever time it is, and he says, <laughs> rise and grind, bro, it, that, that means a lot. I don't have a lot of people that do that. And, and I do respect it. He's in the gym every morning. Uh, he's in there with the son, still takes all the kids to school, works on, you know, mind, body, spirit family and then is able to go out he's a perfect example of being able to live all five you know circles of influence uh in a way that's healthy yeah but you gotta you gotta shout out to the stay-at-home moms thank you and i take one of them to school (laughs) i hate my wife stays at home too and i always you know it's amazing it's work it's a job yeah. it's a full-time job and i'm like for me going to work is a lot right. easier than being at home with the kids i will go back to 18 days. hour days before i stayed <laughs> home with my kids all for eight hours i mean i love them to death but it's like honey you do a lot so you know we have our time when i get home to spend with them but sometimes i'm an nd three two three days a week and when I get home, it's like, honey, don't worry. Just go have your alone time. Yeah. You know, some time to yourself for a minute because it's not easy. I thought I saw that in the past until we, uh, we adopted our little girl and my wife was gone for, for nine weeks. Nine weeks. <laughs> yeah. And I was basically a stay-at-home mess. Right? He was texting every day. How do you do this? How do you turn so the dryer on? I didn't on? know there's an actual <laughs> procedure to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. There is. There's right? a video about that. Video about that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I sent I sent one to school in his lunch and didn't tear the crust off, and it was uh, it was it a uh, end of the day, yeah. right? So it really put things in perspective to me how much stay at home parents do. And there's a lot more than just hey, I'm gonna get the kids off to school and I'm gonna lay around and watch Netflix all day. That is not what goes on. So kudos to all the stay at home parents out there. We well, appreciate thank you. you. And that support allows us to do what we do to be successful. And we appreciate that as well because we know that you guys are sacrificing yeah. and allowing us to stay home and raise our kids. But a lot of that comes from two individuals that very much knew what each one wanted to do and built a relationship around that, right? Like you said, first and foremost, even in high school, like the thing you want to do is be a mom. And you communicated that. and. 
Now, Brian said that he could see things that he wanted to do, yeah. and you guys built that partnership together to go, you want this dream, I want this thing, and we're going to make make that work. I've always just loved to take care of people and to help. And through Giant, I did learn that my biggest trait is a nurturer. So <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So there is a new experience coming to town. We want to talk a little bit about that. What's the coin phrase that you're using around here? What is it that we use to describe this wonderful facility we're putting together? Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> gun tree a gun tree club. club. A gun tree club. Yes. Tell me about a gun tree club experience. Well, I guess uh, the experience is different for everybody, but the vision that we have is essentially creating an environment that everyone can come, feel at home, uh, feel comfortable, have that, uh, I think, just personal opinion here, but the country is lacking that good old American feel anymore. Um, I think people are just insulted too easily, right? So I want you to be able to walk into my business and if somebody sneezes, say, God bless you. And it's okay. So we're trying to create an environment that people can come, they can fellowship, they can train, they can um, eat, they can swing a golf club, they can shoot a gun. So essentially the layout is a country club feel, like nice, personal, you know, hey, Mr. Collins, good morning. How are you? Get and, you a know, massage after being home with the kids all day. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, where, you know, Sean wants to stop in at lunch and shoot a few rounds in our indoor range, he can do that. And then if he wants to grab a workout, uh, we will have a gym, nice traditional area, also a hit area. We will have a what we call a dojo, which is a multi-purpose training room where we will do everything from women's self-defense classes, child anti-bullying classes, bring our experiences as police officers to those training. Meaning like, hey, how do we typically see Females attacked on the street. How do we teach them to defend themselves? So giving real life hands-on uh, hands on training and experience, putting people in those situations in a controlled environment and teaching them how to respond to that. So we will have that. We will have a, a child care area where, you know, date night, if parents want to come and do some training or take a class together, they can, you know, the stay-at-home mom doesn't have to stay at home. She can come with dad and or even eat a peaceful dinner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some training, right? We will also have, like Amanda mentioned, like a, a medical area where we will offer some different massage techniques, IV therapies, some different stuff like that. And then we will have a restaurant called 10-8 Cafe, which will be a first responders type theme where we will honor, you know, all the people that keep our community safe, our firemen, our healthcare workers, our policemen, all that. Uh, with providing good food, good options, you know, good clean foods that fit the environment, but also your staples, your good cheeseburgers and chicken fingers for the kids, obviously. And then we also have a private bourbon cigar bar, kind of an upscale, nice environment where, you know, Sean, you could take your clients uh, for a nice drink and uh, have some conversation and create experiences. Golf simulator. Absolutely. Yeah. Virtual reality. Yeah, we'll have a uh, big piece. Thanks for reminding me. We will have a very high-tech virtual reality simulator, essentially meaning I can put our people through over 700 scenarios and be there with them in it and walk through it with them saying, hey, you know, right now you're in the mall with your family. There's an active shooter. Let's see how you respond, right? And it's kind of nice because you have someone like my instructors that, are professionals that do this for a living walking you through say, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? Um, maybe let, not, let's do this, but let's do this. And believe it or not, even though it's virtual reality, you become really stressed. I mean, it is very real. So you start to feel that, all the emotions that come with that, but we're able to control the environment. So God forbid, if you ever find yourself in those situations, your brain goes to, hey, I've seen this before. This is how we react. So it cuts down on that reaction time. So essentially, we're going to train people the way that we train as officers, putting them through those scenarios. So their mind, when they see that, it goes back to, hey, I remember this. This is how I respond. So it, it increases that response time to help survival. So we're super. Yeah, absolutely. We're super excited to bring our experiences. Um, you know, all of our instructors are very, very, very qualified. Uh, majority have been SWAT for years specialty positions. Um, you know, a lot of them have been unfortunately in 
deadly force situations, I understand the stress that come with that. So we want to bring that experience. We want to also bring the law side of things. There's a lot more to just carrying a, a firearm, right? So you have to understand the law that comes with that. If you are involved in a deadly force situation, what comes after that? What do you need to do? Like, are you justified? Are you not justified? And, you know, we all have different limits. You know, Amanda's, you know, she could use deadly force in a situation. These are not good based off our experiences. So just, I guess, overall making people understand um, what they are capable of doing, what's legal, and then giving them tools to do that. Yeah, even with the stigma, if you will, around firearms and and the type of organization you're looking at at building and the education that goes around that piece of hardware, you know, right. the, you know, the individual being able to walk into, and I'm, I'm describing it to people as an Apple experience. Like when you yeah. walk into the retail space, the firearm area, you're going to be greeted by individuals highly trained, but are very personable. I mean, Brian and Amanda really can't be like, everybody is, is 100% approachable. These are people that are out that, as Brian said, can administer deadly force at any given time, but, you know, are willing to walk up, how you doing, what's going on, and be in an environment, if you will, that looks like an Apple store, like the way in which we have merchandised the space and have the consumer experience there is going to be very approachable around a subject right now that some people are very, you know. It can be intimidating. It is. It really can be. But we want it to feel unintimidating when you walk in. We want people to come in and approach you and say, hey, how are you today? What are you looking for? What can we help you with? Yeah. It's intimidating because of lack of knowledge. Right. 100%. Right? So I think once we bring that knowledge to people, I mean, I've trained many people over the years that weren't even comfortable looking at a firearm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And now they carry one everywhere. It's because, you know, you, you take that curiosity out of it and you show them, hey, you know, as long as you're trained to use this and you understand how to use it, it's okay. Right? It's not a bad tool to have. It's right. good. Especially, you know, like I said, I, I do all the violent crime stuff. And unfortunately, the uh, I don't see that getting much better in our future. So we have to teach people how to protect themselves and their families and doing it the right way. But also, as we know, media is not helping educate people. So you get a new bill in Indiana, right? The right. open carry. And what does that mean? And you got people over here saying it's just a... People can go shoot people in the streets. And it's like, like, that's not what the bill is about. And so that education component is very important. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, I always say vet your instructors. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are, quote, professionals on YouTube. But vet them. You know, hey, what are your real life experiences? What are your certifications that actually teach that? Did you read a book on it? Or did you actually, have you done it? Right? There's a difference. Yeah. Um, So, Our family, when we go into a public place, whether it be the mall or the grocery store, the movie theater, we have a code word. We know because Brian works, you know, in this environment, he does this on a day-to-day basis. And so we have a plan. If something is to happen, he's going to say something. I'm going to take the kids. We're going to go a different way, whatever the situation is. And it makes me sit back and think sometimes that's scary that other families don't have this training and this experience to know, like, okay, if this is going to happen, where are we going to do? Like, we're trained to walk in and look, okay, here's your exit. Here's your exit. And before Brian put me through this, I never, I never thought about that. I'm like, okay, where's the popcorn? You yeah. know? <laughs> well, no, it, it's probably because as society, we don't want to face that, right? You want to live in that bubble. Put, they Everything's live in a, safe. We do it at our homes, right? How do you get out if there's a fire? Right. We teach our kids that, but we don't really teach them about any other uh, dangerous situations. But even that, encounter. some people don't teach them about yeah. that. Like that's True. an important step. I, I even, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I reference that a lot is, you know, how often do our schools do fire drills? Right. A lot, right? Mm-hmm. Tell me the last time kids were killed in a fire at a school. It was the 1950s. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Tell me the last time, unfortunately, kids were killed in an active shooter. It happens way too often. Right. So I think it's one of those, like you said, we kind of want to bury our head in the sand and like this won't happen here. Well, you know, and I always say, you're not paranoid, you're prepared. There's a difference. And that's what we want to bring. We want to bring that education. We want, I want to show people, hey, it's okay to walk into a a business and start scanning it to see, hey, if I got to get my kids out, where am I going? Who in here looks a little eh, scary to me, right? And start looking at that stuff. And like I said, you're not paranoid, you're being prepared. And whether it's sports or like that real life scenario that you're talking about, even in some of the basic training stuff, you know, when they throw you in the deep end and say doggy paddle for an hour, the first thing that stressor when you hear, oh, 
it's that technique that goes. Yeah. And then the breathing goes. And then all of a sudden, everything that you thought you knew that you did on your own, the water's a little colder, you have people yelling at you, whatever that is, the first thing to go is your technique. So the only thing that we know how, once we have that training, is to continuously fall back on that technique. And if we don't have a place where we can practice that technique and we have, you know, trained individuals who are at our level coming at where, where we start and being able to walk us all the way through the master course, uh, that can be very intimidating. It can, and like you said, you can have a lot of misinformation and a lot of individuals who maybe when it does quote, hit the fan, that technique goes away and you just go the other way instead of being equipped, you know, it's either face everything and run or, face everything and rise right two different words of fear and i and i've you know over the years of multiple multiple trainings you know everything from a hostage rescue school to um learning how to put a tourniquet on it all boils down to your instructor it's the delivery of the instructor they can shut a student down right out of the gate by their attitude the way they present themselves if they're arrogant right so we have been very very selective of our instructors and what's nice is I still work the street, so I know these guys. I know who the professionals are. I know if I get shot, who I want coming, right? So we hand-select our, our instructors because I know that they, they feel the same that we do, that an instructor can shut a student down. So when Sean comes in and wants to do a handgun class, we can't have an instructor that's going to be like, are you crazy? What are you doing? Like, that's mm-hmm. not the way that, you know, you teach people. So um, that's back to vetting your instructors and making sure that, their presentation is what it needs to be is the success of the student. Yeah. And right now that that experience is being crafted as we speak, it's going to be on uh, North 41 over by Lynch road at the old uh, sunset Plaza, which is the new lawman tactical Plaza. Lawman Plaza. Correct. Yeah. So um, it's going to be a wonder. We're looking at an opening of fall 2022. We'd love to say summer, but uh, we're going to be realistic, knowing where we're at in the development cycle with all the products and services that are on delay. So we'll just say fall 2022. Mike, you know anything about that? No, nothing. <laughs> Everything's perfect. Everything's perfect. <laughs> just keeps you can going. get all week, the steel you weeks, need right weeks, now, right? Week, yeah. Yeah. Hey, we got to, they want to be done in two months and you're like, well, the doors are 26 weeks out. Not going to happen. <laughs> so, yeah, I know that experience very well, and it's not going to change anytime soon. So, as we talk about the word experience, we talk about building this unique experience in Evansville. Give us a base of what that means to you. Brian, Amanda, whoever wants to go on from that. I feel like the word experience could have so many meanings, but for me, experience is an overall feeling like it's a review of a moment a place a person an object if there's an impact made there will be a forever memory of that experience it's a time like no other an individual to each person and can be the same act but felt different depending on who the person was yeah very much so that uh you know mind body you know smell yeah Mm -hmm. yeah because when we listening and and learning more about personality traits and you know nature versus nurture and all those things two exact individuals dna like together going through something the way they experience one thing and the other can be very different we all four would experience the same situation totally different absolutely absolutely so as we talk about two giant standard vocabulary what does the word experience mean to you um to me, it's how things that we go through affect us um, and affect our life. I think that our experiences in life is why we're all different, right? The way we grew up, that experience changes who we are today. Um, you know, the experience that you have with an instructor, you know, that changes your future experience with how you're going to feel about other instructors. Um, but I, I don't know that, I wouldn't say, I guess I look at experiences, it's not only physical, but it's emotional, right? So I'm a very relationship-driven person, believe it or not, as a connector. You know, <laughs> um, I value relationships and loyalty. So even just things like uh, if somebody doesn't show that back to me, that experience changes everything for me. So yeah. like Amanda said, I think it can mean a lot of different things. But at the end of the day, to me, it's 
your experience is, is what makes you who you are, good or bad. So how does that work, Mr. Giant? How's what work? We're both the same. Connectors are what we think we're good at, but really bad at. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are friends, so. Yeah, no, it's, uh, well, it's, it's, we were sending a text around this morning, and it's, it's literally knowing that the other one, you know, what would, quote, be your nemesis voice is really what brings out the best in you. Oh, yeah. So for me, the connector nurturer are my four and five which all that relationship stuff, like at the end of the day, if I were, you know, left up to my 100% nature status, I would just go and say, strategy, innovate, and do through my, <laughs> you know, what is my strategy to win, 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 no matter what, yeah. I don't care who's in the way, then I'm going to innovate on top of that. I'm going to look at organizational integrity. I'm going to look at all those things. And then I'm going to build a plan that's sustainable for the long haul. And it's all about systems, processes, innovation, and strategy. And all the people kind of just fall victim to that if I'm not intentional about leaning across the table and go, man, what is it that I'm not bringing today that you need? It's about I can't walk around as a creative pioneer and go, everybody has to come to me. Everybody has to be win. Everybody has to be innovate. If you're not walking in here on fire every day and the radio's not, you know, if, if <laughs> iTunes isn't blaring at, you know, 75 on a scale of 100 and three people are like on fire with an idea, this is not my place. Well, no, actually, a majority of the population is completely different than me. I mean, Mike and I are like 3%. The Creative Pioneer Guardian is like 3.4% of the entire. So we think that everybody runs around like this, has an idea. And when Brian brought the country club to me, I'm like talking about it was this and this and this, and it was going to be this. And I'm like, that experience needs to go like this, because I know yeah. the experience that you're wanting and that, connectedness to all those things we've got we, we have to take down this wall we have to use color to get visual to go here and here but it was immediately um actually we just bring out the best in one another but you don't know that until you know absolutely that's so true I, that was the biggest thing that i took from giant is i never i guess saw that i, I felt like everybody heard what i was saying you understood um it's <laughs> They're definitely eye-opening. Um, you know, here I come in with Sean. Hey, I want to do this, 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 this. He's like, how? I'm like, I don't know. Just do it. <laughs> like, do it. I know we some way, you know. So it, just the importance of understanding, like, hey, you know, Amanda, you're a nurturer. Can you make this person feel better? Because I'm already on to the next thing, right? <laughs> so understanding what your strengths and weaknesses are and putting those people in those places has been a game changer. Like, I would say more importantly, even to our home life. Yeah. But yeah. also realizing how you're affecting the others. Like how some you of your actions yeah. are affecting the nurturer because the nurturer is having to go in and clean up everything you guys have done. The tornado. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The tornado yeah. that you guys well, just came in and created. Well, it is, it is in, our, in my career too. And you, you sit down with people and they're like, I got this vision. You're like, okay. And we listen and it gets to a point where I'm like, okay, I know exactly. I got the path. I see the path. This is the way we're going. We're done. And they want to keep talking. It's like, uh, what? What? You're losing me now. I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm done. We're we're going. It's need. full. Get back to the office and start cranking it out. Yeah, yeah. But once again, it, it's that innovation bell curve of you have the creative pioneer and the connector up front on innovation and and the startup, and then you really need that nurturer and guardian to scale the organization until it can't be scaled anymore because you need the relationships and you need the systems and processes, but when left unchecked, that brings the ones that created the company completely out of whack, makes them completely unhealthy because they're doing the same thing over and over and over again and managing these relationships and doing it's only when you know what the next phase is that you bring those individuals back. Yeah. And actually, one of the tools that we teach is who is the most effective communicator? Mike, which ones are the most effective communicators that connect with the most people? The nurture guardians. Nurture, nurture guardians. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So everybody says, well, if you're a startup, you have to be a connector. You have to be a pioneer. You have to be that creative that can just go out and speak from the rooftops about how <laughs> awesome everything is. But actually, when they go out and do give the pitch, 
that they really want to give. If you're not building that relationship. You're not building mm -hmm. the relationship and you don't have all the questions. It. Yeah, you're just up there. Everybody's like, wow, but how? Right. Right. Wow. And if you are able to have a team where the connector spins up this awesome idea and then hands it to the pioneer and says, how would we scale that? And then you stop and you give that to the nurturer and the guardian go, what questions do you have? Like answer, like put every question that you have down on this vision, because if I don't answer those questions, I immediately have a wall up where everybody just sees transaction. Right. So if you were able to use this content and you should use this content to connect with the community, once again, everybody speaks, not everybody is heard. Right. So if you actually put your concept or your idea or your vision through the filter, you'll have more yes if you take the time to be intentional. And make it personal. And make it personal mm -hmm. for a larger part of the demographic your marketing is going to be much more successful. Your team is going to be on the same page. There's going to be all these things that is going to take a little longer than you would expect. But you have, I mean, from the day you start going out in the public and saying, you know, this is my vision. Well, the nurturer has these six questions. You've already answered them. Oh, they right. thought about me. And then the guardian's like, well, what's the details? And like, <laughs> what's the contract really say? And do I get to drink bourbon? Why go? No, <laughs> no, right? No, we've already thought that out, and our technology is going to eliminate the possibility of that even. And our people, right. you know, yeah. awesome technology with very, you know, highly trained superstars are going to eliminate that opportunity. Like we've already thought. Well, you, I can't believe you asked the question. Well. There's a lot of people that are asking those questions. Yeah. You know, those things have been thought out and those are in the frequently asked question sheet. And if you'd like that, here you go. But it's been vetted. Yeah, because there's a ton. That's a, you know, first thing that comes into my mind is, oh, I watch John Wick and I want to come to your place. And, are you going to train me to be like that? And I was like, wait, we will have yoga classes. <laughs> yeah. so you'd be able to like that. But, you know, I, I, I think, you know, as I sit here, I kind of reflect back before Giant. Um, you know, and I was kind of the guy, so I would come into the room essentially with you guys and I guess drop a flashbang in the middle of the room and said, here it is, see ya, and I'd leave, right? And I expect you guys to figure it out. But what I missed is without putting all these things in place, we weren't getting the overall experience, right? We weren't creating the ultimate experience. I would, you know, hey, let's build this. Like you were talking about before, you, you've got clients that want to build this awesome app, whatever. Well, does that experience match the app? Yeah. You know, like when you come in our website, I want it to match the feel when you walk in our business. I mean, everything from emotional to physical, like I, I it's got to match to create that ultimate experience. What we talk about comes to mind, genuine, just yeah. be genuine. Don't, yeah. don't, if you guys, you want to feel like you're coming to your home, right? Right. And that's what it sounds like to me. And so if you guys are like, well, we want it to be like this, but if they came to our home, it'd be like this. That's going to be, not, it's going to be, it's not going to work. No. And it's got to be genuine and come from a genuine place. We actually went through a little bit of that experience, Mike, because there are some favorite color palettes and there are some favorite <laughs> things, right? Here so, we go. I don't care about the experience. We are not going to have yellow <laughs> walls. <laughs> so we were going through the, you know, we went through all the armed services colors. We went through a whole brand audit of how military and, and uh, police and, and all that, all those color palettes. And we put that into one unique like color wheel of what every one of these experiences was going to represent. But then there's some colors that don't connect this and would not be <laughs> our extend brand color would actually a little darker, a little more burnt orange. Baby baby, well, yeah, he, Brian says it's baby foodish, but he said, I would never have that in my house. I don't want it in my, my place and very much connected with me immediately to go, Hey, you know, if that's, we always talk about being comfortable in the brand. we talk about brand personalities, right? We talk about brand archetypes. If you can't walk around in this, I can't, I can't force you to like, like that color and you'll never put that t-shirt on Yeah, if we don't know that. Yeah. So as much as I pushed and I said, this is the, 
reason and this is the message, whatever it is, it didn't connect. So we move the needle to something that they know that they can be in, that and they can walk around in. In our world, it's called do a mock-up. Go in the, see it. Yeah. 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 It always reminds me of a project many years ago. It wasn't my decision, but somebody made a decision on a laminate. And it literally looked like vomit. Mm. Like someone, and we called it like, we had a joke. It was called Funky Chunky Foe. <laughs> <laughs> that was the joke around Great. all the contractors. And I mean, it literally looked like vomit and we're going to make this a laminate. And it was so hideously ugly. But no one actually got a big enough sample. You know, you're going off these little samples right. when you're yeah. picking. No one got a big yeah. enough sample or put it on a wall and looked at it. And so very important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're already 50 plus minutes into this thing, even though I took three times to get started. Um, so that gives us sure. about five minutes. But, you know, talking about that, Mike has an awesome question about products that I think, you know, will help set some user experience around what you believe. Yeah, is because, awesome. yeah, what you guys are, you're using a lot of, there's a lot of tools, I guess, going to be in there. So what's yeah. your... What do you use every day that is well made or well designed that you're like, man, this is pretty perfect? And um, my GPS <laughs> 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 to get from one side of the city yeah. to the next in a in a hurry. Does um, it keep up when you're going like at the speed of sound to get from one location? We to don't the next? speed, Sean. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> darn it! That was part of the experience. It can be. <laughs> you can get right along sometimes. Well, hey, now it's getting safer, though. Yeah. The absolutely. fire engines and the lights connected. Oh, yeah. Everything or being. Does uh, police have that? No, they're not connected to that. Yeah. It probably should be. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of... So, GPS. All right. This is coming from the stay at home mom, my coffee maker. <laughs> it's like my feet are an autopilot. Like I just shuffle straight there in the morning. <laughs> and it may sound so silly, but to know that. I'm going to push a button and it's going to make me that exact same cup of coffee every morning. And it's that experience for me. It like hits home every morning. This is what I do. And I'm thankful for it. Think how amazing it's going to be when it's lawman coffee. Yeah. yeah. Branded lawman. How do you know I'm not already coffee. drinking lawman coffee? Probably are. <laughs> well, my marketing guy hasn't really got that part of it done yeah. yet. So hey, once we do, we'll be pushing forward. We don't even know about the, what was it, experience? Was there some experience <laughs> where we could have signed up for something and maybe got First 500, drawing? yeah. First 500 members. <laughs> drawing today. Hey, you been? better get on there right now. <laughs> There's still room. Really? There's still room. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you can go to lawmantacticalguntryclub.com. There's still a few spots that are available. Uh, some individuals uh, decided this wasn't the perfect time for them to have that experience. So we have a few open. If you go to lawmantacticalguntryclub.com, you can fill out your founder member <coughs> commitment, which means that you're going to be able to experience the Guntry Club 30 to 45 days before everyone else. You're our pilot program, and you'll be able to help us test the systems, processes, procedures, client onboarding, employee onboarding, vendor onboarding, like the whole thing that we're uh, crafting food. Yeah, food tastings, all those things. Is the gym laid out? Do we need to move things? You know, yeah. all that. You're going to be a part of the pilot group. So, yeah, you can go there. Mike, when we get out of here, we're going to make sure he goes right to that computer over there. And remember, if you see out. yellow in the building, make sure you make sure complain. you say, complain about it. Complain. This is not approved. This is not my brand color. I will walk completely around that area not to look at it. So one more question. I mean, I really do like the the so you're talking we're talking about a physical space. We're you just got back from basically south beach right like is there a place that you go that have you been that you've been that has made you um, emotional that's brought a feeling on like what's your favorite place to be in the bahamas with only my wife that's, okay. that's my piece that's my um she is she's uh i guess the i don't know she's a comfort to my soul so we went there 
probably three or four years ago for an anniversary, a surprise trip there. And they have a, a private island. And essentially, it's kind of like just you with hammocks and beautiful water. And it was just, uh, I don't know, put everything in perspective. I think for me, and that's kind of my, sometimes in my head I go there when uh, I'm running in circles between meetings or uh, chasing a bad guy or, or whatever that may be. That's kind of my place of peace. Wonderful. Top that. I can't talk that. <laughs> you planned it, and it was amazing. Like, I, you were the planner. Ditto. I know. Ditto. Yes, ditto. ditto. <laughs> All right. Well, Mike has a favorite. Uh, it's called Pod Dex. It's an interview deck. Sean found this. Social media. Yeah. So, yeah. That's why. That's why I like it. Great They're all random questions. We can answer two if you would like, but... Yeah. What would be your best day ever? Oh man, that's too easy because they're both. You can't say Bahamas. No, I'm not going to. <laughs> I love you so much, and I loved the Bahamas, babe. But a local best day ever would be going to It Takes a Village and loving on all these sweet animals all day long. Oh, that's true. It is. It's my happy place. I know. <laughs> So our 20 year anniversary, we will not be going to Bahamas. No, we are going to go to it takes it's a village. <laughs> this was supposed to be honest, right? Yeah. Okay. You remember when I was talking about relationships and how important all those things are to me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's an experience like that experience, like no other. Puppy breath. Thought the Bahamas were awesome. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Is that still the best day ever? Next time, arrange some puppy in the Bahamas. <laughs> Perfect. Mike, do you have one? Yeah, it would probably be similar to what they said. It'd be somewhere on the ocean. Somewhere on the beach, on the ocean, with my wife. Yeah, and yeah. Just, the souls. Just, yeah, we can just, no worries. Right, nothing. Just no phones, ocean no you. That's what I was going to say. As yeah. For us, like, being out of the country, and you had to truly unplug. Yeah. Technology is great, but at that time... We just can't leave it all in the room. You know, we never... You when you get back to the room, yeah. it is, but in the room, yeah, maybe, but outside of the room, we just aren't on it. But you're also not on it like you are at home. It's easy at home, to, right. easier at home to pick yeah, it. But there, you just don't want to pick it up. You just want to be outside and enjoy the the sound and the views and the experience. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Sean? Too many. I, I don't know what right now what the best day ever would it's be. Not it's not puppies. A, it's not puppies. <laughs> It's painting yellow in this new that building. Is, <laughs> it is not. It is not that dream will never come true. You know, there's like, there's the days where, you know, the best day ever would be, you know, once again, standing, not necessarily standing back at the starting line, like with top fuel dragsters around and actually maybe be in one or like Melissa bought me a, uh, uh, extreme challenge, or I actually get to go drive a Ferrari or a Lamborghini in Indy. Oh, wow. That was a Christmas present I haven't done yet. Super cool. But then there's like all the family stuff I'd actually like for us. We had a, we went on our uh, honeymoon. We went down to Cosmel and we rented like a little geo tracker. And we went all the way down to the very, very tip. And there was this shack restaurant and they were out catching lobsters and shrimp and all like they were bringing them back and they there was a cove and we were just literally we had three grass grass huts picnic tables and they said whatever you want that's amazing and we were on this beach all by ourselves in this cove where you could see people out diving mm -hmm. picking traps yeah. up and bringing it back in and putting it in the chiller and all that stuff um but i'd rather have i mean as much as i want melissa there i want my kids around as well yeah. you know they haven't really quote experienced that that out there they've been to panama city and they were at 30a before 30a was absolutely ruined by all blue umbrellas yeah it makes me so sad as much as um that was my place That's, i didn't realize it's become so grown and touristy oh my goodness oh yes so when we first started in 2008 yeah. like the beach was yours yeah. like you took you hauled everything in on a, mm -hmm. you know, a wagon, and you had your pop up, and you had all that stuff. 
and you could go out and throw football. Like now, every beach is all blue umbrellas. There's some people that absolutely love the blue umbrella experience because I can call and I know that mine is saved and they're going to have my Corona there for me and all this stuff. Yeah. But there was a there was a moment where you're on the beach and you can kind of create your own little spot and do your yeah. thing. Yeah. I'm not about the blue umbrella experience. Get you away from people. Yeah. Not my thing. Like five umbrellas stacked deep, you know, with everything around. No, more very much introverted. For those who don't know, shocking. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It shocks. Some people think not, but yeah. All right. So we whoa, are. Whoa, whoa. What? It's not. It's not Panama, right? What? The What's Bahamas. Day Best day ever. You already kind of said the Bahamas. Your space so, was the Bahamas. So yeah. That's a new yeah. question. Yeah. yeah. Best okay. day ever. Top it. Mm. It's tough. You can say going to a new place, having a bourbon, and <laughs> being able to play golf. <laughs> uh, you know, it. not to sound cheesy, but I, I think that the day we open um, and seeing all of our instructors there and hoping that we can – you know, I, I will say that most cops are always kind of looking for the next, uh, the way out, right? What does retirement look like? What is that? Um, being able to maybe help provide that. And when we open, seeing that kind of come to light where it changes multiple people's lives. Yeah. My instructors, our clients, um, everybody. I, I, the impact, I think, and feeling that, that, you know, that's kind of your legacy, right? Yeah. Be walking around outside and seeing the food trucks out there and, you know, the fire pit and some outdoor music going on. And at the same time, you're able to go into the retail space and just do the tour and all that. It's going to be pretty special, especially in this region. If not, I mean, it's going to be pretty unique. Very excited. Scared yet excited. Hmm. Yeah. Well, if you had to list. One brand that's doing it right. Brand, person, or organization. Do you have one? Who has the most authentic brand experience? Um, for me, it's probably somebody you guys never heard of. It's uh, Pipeters Union. A good friend of mine. He's a former team guy in the military. Like, holds to his values, even when it's uncomfortable. Um, you know, he's had threats from Antifa, from everybody, because he stands on his morals and the love for his country. and. No matter who you are, what it is, he's going to tell you, hey, this is who I am. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that. I appreciate people that don't fold when things get uncomfortable. So Pipe Bears Union is, is probably my go-to for that. Yeah. I hate to admit it, but I'm not really a brand person. I don't really look into that too much. So yeah. I can maybe think on that and get back to you, but I don't no really know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Bobby Chow, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> What about that? What brand is that coffee machine? That's all natural. Thermidor. (laughs) Thermidor. All right. That's it. Hold on a minute. Not my brand. The Ginger uh, Beer Company. That's it. Gosling. Gosling. I love you, Gosling. That's it. The only person in Amazon that takes her own ginger beer to a bar. Oh, my gosh, guys. I don't drink that often. (laughs) But when she does, it has to be Gosling. That's it. Yeah. Gosling in the mule. Awesome. Get it right. Well, hey, we appreciate you guys having us. It was uh it was fun. Enjoyable. Yeah, this is uh you know, I think we're close to uh we're right at forty episodes on at five thirty on Maine. It's been a been a pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. Mike, thank you for joining in on all the conversations and being a partner through it. Uh, we hope that uh, you enjoy it as well. Please go like, share. Um, you can go to our websites. Once again, you can tell everybody about it through those websites, bpsarc.com or extendgroup.com. There's a big at 530 on main logo at the bottom of them. And you can actually submit people to be you know, on the podcast as well. Hey, I want to recommend whoever it is awesome. to come out and be a part of this conversation. So. Like, share. Um, how do the listeners connect with you? How do they get a hold of Brian and Amanda? Uh, we have a pretty great online platform. Mm-hmm. It's uh, All Man Security. Um, our contact information is on there. Or um, we have a 24-hour access call center that people can reach out. 812-474-7536. 
or realpolicerealprotection.com. Yes, lawmansecurity.com and lawman tactical gunnery club dot com. Yeah, yep. all those social media. We're all over Instagram and Facebook as well. Um, we'll be giving updates on the club, and we've also been doing some employee highlights, uh, so you guys can actually see who our people are. Bet them yourself. Like I said, it's important to know who your instructors are. So do your research. Um, make your own decisions. Well, that concludes this episode of At 530 on Main in the Extension Studio here in Evansville, Indiana, corner of 6th and Main, right across from the Ford Center. Uh, Mike, thanks. Amanda. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Brian. Look forward to seeing your yeah. registration at the Gunter Club. Yeah. Maybe next year at this time we can tag it. Say, hey, Absolutely. what's it like now? Yeah, it's we'll bring it in open, and have yeah. another follow-up episode. Let's do it. Perfect. All right. Until next time. Have a great day. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of At 530 on Main, hosted by Sean Collins and Mike Davis. Please leave us a review and share your thoughts on today's episode. Let us know how you've been inspired or what you would like to hear on future episodes. And if you've enjoyed the conversation, help us spread the word. Share us on your social channels. Message a friend. Rate the podcast. Without you, this experience would not be possible.